Listening to the flip side with Noah Filipiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grit of life. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash Noah Filipiak or at noahfilipiak.com slash give. What up, flip upon am I? Welcome to episode 61 of the Flip Side Podcast. Good to be with you. Now, Some of you have discovered that in between episode 60 and episode 61, this episode, there have been quite a few little mini episodes popping up on your podcast feed called Five Minute Flips. And Five Minute Flips are just that. They're five minute little mini podcasts. Uh, None of them have been five minutes yet. But close. I believe they are seven to ten minute flips. But that doesn't roll off the tongue uh, quite as easy as five minutes. So here's the thing: uh, these are just these are meant to be short, easy for me to to record and, and upload without any editing to give you more podcast content. It is bonus content. Uh, so here's the thing: I'm not going to be posting these on my blog. I'm not posting them on social media. You only can get these by subscribing to the podcast. So for some of you that are not good with technology and you don't know what I'm talking about, about subscribing to a podcast, it is free. It doesn't cost you any money, but you need a podcast app. So if you have an iPhone, it's going to be your Apple Podcasts. If you have an Android, you, you would probably use Google Podcasts or any number of the many, many podcast apps that are out there. We use Podbean for our our hosting. So you can get Podbean's app and find us on there. But anyway, you wanna wanna subscribe to one of these uh, feeds and then what'll happen is when I post a five minute flip, it's gonna show up, boom, right on your phone. And then you have it. And that is the way, that is the way to, to watch us. I believe, uh, Podbean also auto posts those to my Facebook author page and to Twitter and to LinkedIn. So those are just auto posts. If you're really intimidated by the whole smartphone thing and podcast subscription thing, uh, just keep an eye on Facebook, keep an eye on uh, LinkedIn, keep an eye on Twitter, and also YouTube. Um, you can you can find them all there as well. But just want to give you a heads up. Five minute flips. It's meant to encourage you, to challenge you. They've been on all different things. I did one uh, on Martin Luther King Day. That's pretty provocative and kind of in your face about racial justice. I did one where I talked about the benediction from my our first uh, worship service, our preview service, and just that reminder that we are the Father, sons, and daughters, and He loves us so much. And so they're, they really vary in, uh, in content. So I uh, encourage you to check those out. Uh, today, what we're going to be doing is uh, a, a, something new. We are, we're breaking the, the podcast multiverse. If you're a Marvel comic nerd like me or you've seen the new Spider-Man movie, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so uh, Matt Dobshoots, he has a podcast called Porn Free Radio. And he has a book called Porn Free, Becoming the Type of Man Who Does Not Look at Porn. 
and he also runs uh, groups as well. And so I had reached out to Matt about, hey, you know, could I come on your podcast, talk about Beyond the Battle? And Matt uh, had this really cool idea for us to do a joint interview where we essentially are interviewing each other. And then we are going to share the same file, uh, the same podcast uh, for me on the flip side, for him on Porn Free Radio on the same day. So we're about to cut to that. Now, this beginning is just my beginning. It's the flip side beginning because I need to tell you amazing things. Like the flip side is brought to you by Angry Brew Coffee. Coffee with a punch. It has twice the caffeine of normal coffee, and it's not weirdly chemically enhanced like all those energy drinks you drink that are really bad for you because who knows what is in those things. These are just beans that have been selected for people that like a lot of caffeine, and uh, it's dark roast. And if you decide to support the flip side by supporting Angry Brew, use the promo code FLIP because, quite frankly, friends, uh, we want credit. I want credit for your purchase uh, because we want Angry Brew to know that their investment in the flip side is a good investment, and we're very thankful that they are helping make this podcast possible. So go to angrybrew.com or fivelakes.com. You can get a bag of Angry Brew or a, bl- a bag of Chris's Blend. Those are our two specialty brews for the flip side. Use promo code FLIP, and you will get 10% off your purchase and you will be supporting the flip side if you use that promo code. One other thing, uh, what do you think Matt and I are going to talk about today? Porn, yes. Uh, Porn Free Radio, a book called Porn Free, and you know my story. I, and If you missed episode 60, uh, go check it out. I just I did part one of my story and talked about my story with porn and sex, and it's, it's a good listen. You know, it's me being really transparent and vulnerable, And so uh, it's a big topic with my book, Beyond the Battle, as well. And so uh, I do mention Covenant Eyes in the interview. So if you don't already use Covenant Eyes, uh, use it for a month. Get a month free uh, on me on the flip side. Not really, but I do have a promo code, BEYOND. And if you use promo code BEYOND, go to CovenantEyes.com, use promo code BEYOND, and you'll get one month for free. One month free, and you're also supporting this podcast by using that promo code. And uh, just try it. I'm telling you, accountability on your devices is really great. And if you have questions on how to make it work better, they have great customer service. And frankly, you can reach out to me as well. I can help you with that. And speaking of that, you can always reach out to me via uh, email, podcast at beyondthebattle.net. So uh, let's get over to Matt and I's uh, multiverse, podcast multiverse conversation. There will be more flip side content after that. So listen, it's very important. Matt does a, an, an exit. Uh, he, he does his exit music. It's pretty cool. When he's talking and, and don't, don't turn that dial uh, because there's more flip side to come. We have a Noah's rant for you at the end. Now, granted, if you're wise and smart and intelligent and civil, uh, you actually will turn the episode off immediately after Matt gets done with his exit. Uh, but if you are uh, a little bit deranged and a little bit off balance, uh, you'll stick around and you'll you'll listen to the flip side and you might even enjoy it. Uh, the, the Noah's rant, I mean. You'll stick around and listen to Noah's rant and you might enjoy it if uh, you, you're, you're that way like I am. So 
Here goes uh, the first ever Flipside Combo episode with Porn Free Radio being posted on the same day on both feeds. So, hey, subscribe to Porn Free Radio. Check out Matt's book, Porn Free, Becoming the Type of Man Who Does Not Look at Porn. I will see you on the flip side of this combo conversation. Here we go. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Porn Free Radio. Well, I am loving that theme. That is my favorite podcast theme right now. Uh, from the flip side with Noah Filipiak. Uh, this is Matt Dobschutz uh, from Porn Free Radio, and I'm happy to uh, have Noah here and and to be on the flip side. We're going to do an epic crossover podcast here. Crossover, yeah, uh, yeah. And I I I love that song. That's by K Lake. How did you connect with K Lake to get that song? Uh, yeah, Kyle was my what my youth pastor in Lansing when I when I was. Uh, uh, church planted and pastored in Lansing and he's a good friend and just an awesome song and it fits so well with you know the message of the flip side and, and your message as well so shout out to K Lake for letting me use his uh, his music I I love that um, um, I mean I, I you know I have a pretty good theme myself but um, but man when I started hearing that I go what is this what is this and I actually um, you know, apart from the flip side, I, I like looked it up and 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 listened to it and watched the videos and stuff. And so I just nice. Um, uh, the only thing I have a problem with, and you'll have to ask him about this, is um, you know I'm from Chicago, so he in the video is wearing all Detroit Red Wings, which I have almost <laughs> a um, kind of a, a traumatic uh, response to, uh, like a like a PTSD <laughs> when I see Red Wings. Yes. Um, I have red wing. I have responses, PTSD responses to three things in sports: uh, the Green Bay Packers uniform. <laughs> it's it just, I mean, I literally shudder when I see it. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Detroit Wet Red Wings, and, and sometimes the Detroit Pistons back back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to understand, you know. So I'm a I'm a, a an a immigrant to Michigan. You know, I I didn't grow up here, and so I don't have a loyalty to the teams here. But the the Detroit teams are all historically really really bad. Historically, as you know, the last twenty years, the the Pistons had a little heyday with. Uh, ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups. But outside of that, all Detroit fans have had is the Red Wings. I mean, they're been the only team that's even respectable. But then in the last, I would, you know, eight or nine years, the Red Wings have been bad. So <laughs> if you're not a Michigan Wolverine fan or a Spartan basketball fan, it's a, it's a tough sledding uh, up here in Michigan for all sports right now. So. Well, now you just, now you just killed me here. You know, I, right now I'm wearing my Loyola sweatshirt, my Loyola hat. I see we that. have three losses this year. One was to the Spartans in the last second, and we lost by a point <laughs> at the Bahamas. It was a Bahamas tournament, and um, 
and it it was painful. Now the only redeeming part of it is the Spartans have played so well this year. It's kept our net ranking up, losing losing yeah. to them. But how much better would it have been if we beat them? Um, so and but our coach is a, a former uh, Spartan. So so uh, Drew Valentine and his, oh yeah yeah his nice. his dad played for uh, for the Spartans and his brother. I think his brother done. Did Denzel, Denzel. Did Denzel yeah. play there too? Yeah, yeah, he played there, and then he was with the Bulls for a while. Yeah, yeah, Drew. Um, Drew actually, I don't think went to to. I think he went to Oakland, if I remember this correctly. But he coached with Izzo. He was on the staff at one point, and yeah. his dad. His dad is a, a a Spartan. So so there's a Spartan connection to Loyola now, but but I still wanted us to win. So such a painful loss. Anyway. You guys will go to the final four again, no matter what. It just seems to be your destiny. So, well, don't jinx us because the last <laughs> couple weeks we've been in conference this last couple weeks, and we went two for four last week, and it was uh, it was kind of painful. So, um, uh, in my free time, I'm doing a, a podcast for the uh, uh, the Ramblers. I do a Rambler podcast uh, with, nice. my, with my brother, and uh, so I'm going tonight to the game if I can get through the snow. There you go um, over to the lakefront. That's awesome. Well, well, I, you connected with me. This is probably late summer. You um, came out with a revision of your book, Beyond the Battle, um, and 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 so that you kind of were doing the book tour then, and and then it took me a while to. Uh, I dropped some balls getting back to you, and so I'm happy to have you on now to talk a little bit about your book and some of your work and. Um, and so why don't we, why don't we dig into that real quick uh, just for my audience's benefit? Yeah. 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 We can start there. Um, and, and yeah, and I, as I thought about doing this, this crossover dual podcast, first time I've ever done it. I, and I just watched the new Spider-Man movie. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah, for sure. So I felt like this was a podcast multiverse right now. Like the two, the two podcasts going on at once. It's a, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty epic. So thank you for inviting me into this. And uh, I won't give spoilers on the movie if listeners haven't seen it because uh, it's, but it's pretty great. So uh, yeah, so Beyond the Battle, um, I wrote originally, I independently published back in 2018 and I started doing groups online, uh, which we still do. And the groups are great. There's seven weeks. We go through the uh, Beyond the Battle book together. And then we have an alumni group that meets on Saturday mornings uh, that I'm a part of. And the alumni group is free. And it's just a great community. Uh, it's great uh, accountability and encouragement in time, which which I need and, and we all need. And uh, so I had been doing the book. I tried to get published. I couldn't get published traditionally. So I published independently. And I had a, a couple of readers um, one of them was my brother. I had a, a pastor and then another guy in ministry and they were just really bugging me about getting it published traditionally. And I really didn't want to go back into that world again and get my hopes dashed <laughs> over and over again. Uh, so long story short is I, 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 you know, I had one email from an editor at Zondervan. I emailed him and a year later it, we ended up, uh, being able to sign, you know, to get it published traditionally, which is pretty exciting and great. And, but the, the really cool thing is I just had the unique opportunity to get to update a book after two years of really going through it with guys. So we're going through the small groups with, you know, just 
dozens and dozens of guys and getting feedback. You know how when you read a book and you you go, well, this part's helpful. This part could be a little better. Or what do they, what do, what do they think about this? Especially when it comes to uh, finding you know freedom from sexual temptation, sexual sin. And so got to just add a whole bunch of new content to the book to make it better. And then I got to add my own reflections on being kind of a, 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 a porn answer man for two years and being seen as an expert in the field, uh, even in the small little niche of my own groups and, and how that was not a good thing for me and how even uh, it, it subconsciously, I put my I put my guard down and I stopped being as vulnerable because I felt like I couldn't show any chinks in my armor or it would it would like water down my my product, so to speak. And so I write about that in the book and and just emphasize how we all need what I call vulnerable community. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you've written a book on this stuff. If you do a podcast on this stuff, um, sometimes that can just make it worse because it makes you feel like you really can't be vulnerable with anybody. And so, yeah, it's just a, a really great journey. And I feel like the book now is better than it was before. And it's just really, I wanted something that was really accessible that could really help men who are struggling with porn, struggling in their marriages, struggling in their singleness, struggling with their thought life, struggling with discontentment. Uh, it's, we're kind of all in the same boat. Well, I, Boy, you know, you. it looks like you almost looked at my notes. The one thing that jumped out at me as I was going through Beyond the Battle was one of your reflections in the end, end of the book, probably in the second edition, where you, you wrote a big aha for you after running these groups and connecting with people. Is, and you said it this, isolation kills, vulnerable community brings life. And you, you said something very vulnerable. You said, um, well, I had this thought that people recover from porn by completely embracing Jesus. Like that was the, the, the component, right? For especially, I mean, this is aimed at Christian men and that was kind of the idea. But after, you know, after this, this period of running groups and stuff, you just saw how, how God uses community to bring life as a part of that, that it's, it's yeah. not just, and, and I, I do feel like one of the challenges in, in, in um, Christian circles is the idea that God should be enough. Like just, you know, just, I remember one time I spoke at church and I was talking about my own vulnerability and a guy came up afterwards and he said, um, you know, I, I really think you're, what you're doing is wrong. You know, mm -hmm. you really just need to go before God by yourself and figure it out and don't don't tell everyone to be honest and confess and be like he was embarrassed by my vulnerability mm. but it was kind of that old thought you and god can figure it out right if you just have that you can do it you can do it but what ends up happening is guys isolation yeah kills them even if they're in connection and have a spiritual life they still get isolated we weren't made to be in live in isolation community is so important uh, to recovery. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think with that isolation, there's arrogance in that too. And I think we can just spiritualize our arrogance. So, you know, yeah, I, 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 my, I, I can power through this with God. He can give me the strength I need, but really we're thinking I can do this. I can do this. I don't need your help, Matt. I don't need the help of my 
um, you know, of my community to do this. I can do this on my own uh, with God. And God never intended that, you know, um, we're one of the most isolated cultures that's ever existed, you know, uh, in the U S and that's was not the culture of, of the Bible. And it just, uh, was never his intention for us to do really anything, uh, in isolation, especially not try to get out of an addiction such as this one. Just, uh, just from a pride point of view, I think it's also like this very selfish idea of, I want to recover without looking bad. Like, um, you know, yeah. and, and one of the, um, one of my favorite quotes uh, when I first got in recovery was by G.K. Chesterton, and and the, I kind of paraphrased his quote, but it's it's if anything's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. And why would, that was so freeing for me was, boy, I have not been doing this great by myself, and so I'm going to choose to look bad for for a long mm. period of time in order to get the good thing, you know, to nice. get you know. And, uh, and that's such a hard challenge because we're not good at asking for help. We're not good at coming out of isolation. We want to somehow solve isolation by staying <laughs> hidden and isolated. Yeah. So it's like, it's yeah. like trying to, you know, uh, you know, it's trying to like dismantle the master's house with the master's tools or something like that. It's like, we're going to try to use the same strategy that kept yeah. us addicted to recover. So you so and I are true. totally on the same page. Jordan. Now I have a question <laughs> that's been, uh, that I've been dying to ask you was the title beyond the battle, a slight swipe at another popular Christian <laughs> book that has dominated uh, people's <laughs> minds called Every Man's Battle. Was there a little bit of a, this is the next book that, you know, sets, was there some intention there with the Beyond the Battle title? Yes, there was. And what's funny is um, this was, before I, I independently published, this editor was Zondervan that I ended up reconnecting with. We originally met at a little little small writer's conference in Grand Rapids. This was back when I had an agent and she introduced me to him and we were talking and uh, I had a title for the book that I was kind of, you know, playing around with. But as I told him my story, um, he kind of came up with that title as a joke. And I said, ah, I kind of like that and uh, kept it. And the rest is history. So, yeah, but the, and if you read the book and I, I try to be respectful, but the, beyond the, uh, the every man's battle book really did damage me a lot when I was in college. I was just was my my single years. I got married really young and there was just several things in there that uh, I think when that book came out, it was uh, what early 2000s and it probably on the Christian landscape, I think, was the first book attempting to really tackle porn. And so to that, I applaud them. Uh, but it's it's like technology. The first piece of technology that comes out, it's not the best. Uh, it, it, what, what happens is it gets better as revisions get made to it. And so there's just things in there that I think are really damaging. And I'm, I'm actually kind of sad that it's still a bestseller. And, and I'm hoping that maybe the the new stuff that those guys are writing is better. But I, for me, I went into my marriage with tons of entitlement and a lot of it was in that book. It talks about if you don't look at porn uh, you, and you focus it all in on your wife, you're going to have a sexual payoff. And so it becomes very selfishly motivated. Uh, I want that sexual payoff. Sign me up for a sexual payoff. So 
I really approached my marriage. I need, like, I need like a cha-ching sound. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need yeah. like cha-ching. Yeah, totally. And I approached my marriage like a sex vending machine that was ordained by God, you know, and that's a really bad equation for a healthy marriage or like a slot so, machine a slot machine <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, come on triple cherries <laughs> right right and it's very transactional and you know that's not what love is and so you you my my marriage i i loved i i certainly loved my wife with as much as i knew what love was but my definition of love was very very selfish and and i i had a, a quote-unquote need for sex that the book talked about and what, what I was doing is I was looking for my wife to validate me in a way that I discovered later, as I talk about my story in the book, only Jesus could validate me. I was asking my wife to validate my identity to the, the Jerry Maguire line, you complete me. You know, I think, I think a lot of us, we look to sex and relationships and marriage to do that. And no human being can do that. And, and, and so uh, you know, there was that piece of it. And then lastly, uh, it every man's battle never taught me to not objectify women. And I think that is one of the foundational pieces of being free from porn and from lust is learning to see women as women, learning to see women as human beings, to see them as dignified daughters of God. And what every man's battle did is it was like, hey, you like to objectify. OK, don't objectify those women instead just objectify your wife instead. And so for me, the thing almost went off the rails. I mean, I was ready to divorce my wife three years into my marriage. I was, I felt like I got a raw deal from God. It just, it, it really set me up and I had to, I had to relearn, okay, what is, what is God's definition of love? Um, how, how does God want me to view women? You know, all those things. So, so yes. Uh, and, and also the battle idea, uh, I, the, the idea of going beyond the battle is also that Jesus has won the war. And so for me, as a, as a follower of Jesus, uh, the victory has been won. And so what does it mean to rest in the love he already has for me rather than me trying to find that love from women? And so that's part of the, part of the, uh, the, the, the title as well. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I really related to, to this idea too, about kind of the post battle, even getting past the metaphor of the battle, yeah. Um, I, um, um, you know, I, I wrote a book this past year that that was published and, and called Porn Free. And the the thing that I always had a had a a, uh, a criticism of the battle, uh, the battle um, uh, metaphor was so much of my recovery, I realized was in unmet needs and it was in my own wounds where I needed healing. And the problem is, is when we externalize, say a porn struggle as sort of, well, this is a battle with lust or temptation or women's bodies. When we externalize it, when we keep going to those things out of our own need or deprivation, we end up making our the enemy our needs because we don't want to sin, right? Or we don't want to yeah. be... We don't want to go down the road of lust, and we're trying to eliminate all lust from our lives, quote unquote. Um, but we end up going well. If I have a need, a vul if I'm vulnerable, if there's a wound, if there's something in me that's driving this, well, I don't, I can't have that because I don't want to 
sin. And so we end up making ourselves an enemy of our own, you know, kind of recovery because we, mm-hmm. we don't, we're not comfortable with our needs. So if that's the thing that always drove me crazy, who are we fighting? Are we fighting some external, you know, demonic force or are we fighting our own needs? And are, if we're not meeting our needs, how are we ever going to be free? Yeah. Yeah. And what are those healthy ways for those needs to be met? And there, there's so much of that in the, in the Christian world where I think we're just point that we, I was always pointed towards marriage. You know, uh, marriage is where you get those needs met. Marriage is what you get those needs met. And marriage in that sense is a huge idol. Uh, marriage can't meet those needs. And uh, it's, it's no wonder there's so many divorces and just people in that are very frustrated and discontent in their marriages because we still have those needs and they, they don't have to be met in porn. And I don't think they can be met in marriage. I think marriage is a good thing that can help with some of those needs sometimes, but what happens when your marriage is on the rocks and you know, your spouse isn't fulfilling what you think they should. And well, you're in trouble. Cause if that's, <laughs> if that's where you think your needs are going to be met now, you're empty again. Yeah, just even even if it's not a uh, a place where you're on the rocks. I mean, I I remember a few years ago, my wife had some surgery and was recovering, and there was just a period where she was just, you know, <laughs> sick or or recovering, and and so it's like if if everything about our relationship is somehow she meets all my needs, well, how can I? what do I do in a situation like that when I'm really needing to serve her where, yeah. where her health is, is, is preeminent over, you know, whatever I'm needing at the moment. Um, so I, I definitely think I, I, I'm on the same page with you there. Hey, I had a question for you. Um, you're pretty vulnerable about your story on the podcast. You just did a looks like you're starting to do a series on kind of your story. So you just did a, a whole porn and sex episode in January, um, kind of your history and very vulnerable in that story. Um, I, w- I was curious just specifically on, on my podcast, we talk a lot about actions and habits and stuff. And I was wondering, is there a particular habit that you embraced uh, in your own recovery that had a big, big payoff or a big benefit for you? Yeah. I mean, as far as the porn side of my story, um, I've been married 17 and a half years now. And I, I kind of date things based on, you know, we were three, I was three years into my marriage when I wanted the divorce. And I, I, I write about that. And I was playing applause for, for your marriage, uh, 17 years and then when it when it came up you were talking about being on the edge of divorce so that's great nice horrible nice, horrible nice. The, radio production there we're on the edge of divorce yay <laughs> that's awesome uh, yeah so i dated with that but that was kind of uh that three-year mark was when i was had fallen back into porn and i'm a i'm a senior pastor at the time i planted a church when i was really young and so so for me um, you know, I think two things, I don't know if these really fall into the category of, of habits. I mean, one of them, I get, one of them I think does, but, um, I, I realized on the porn side, I was really trying to do this on my own. And so I, I called up my, my roommate from college, my best friend, 
And we used to talk about this stuff every day. We used to have tons of accountability around it. And he was a big part of my freedom uh, when I was in college and got free from porn the first time. And so I started using Covenant Eyes uh, back then, you know, some accountability software and just getting back in touch uh, with some real accountability. Uh, He was somebody outside of my church. And that habit was, was really significant. And then also, uh, you know, something I do in, in beyond the battle, it's a daily devotional as well. I, I really believe that there is a need, uh, to find in Jesus, what I'm looking for from women and to do that every day. And it's not, uh, like I, like we talked about earlier, it doesn't mean I don't need Jesus's love embodied in community as well. Uh, but I just need those reminders every day. And so that would be a habit. Uh, it's just spending daily time with Jesus and doing that relationally and not just, Hey, I'm going to read my Bible every day because I'm supposed to, because I'm a Christian, because I'm a pastor, but trying to really soak in his love every day for me, uh, in, in a, in a, a relational quiet time together, uh, those would be two habits uh, that I picked up um, as a part of that that really key, like last time I looked at porn, switching back into uh, into true freedom. Was um, was this uh, 40-day devotional that's at the end of this book, was this in the original version of this uh, the book? Yes, it was. That was always the idea. In fact, I originally wrote it just as a devotional, and then... Uh, an editor at a different publisher that I had submitted to it recommended switching to like a 12 chapter book. And so then I moved them all to the end as sort of an optional appendix. Well, I, I really liked that part. And so one of the things I wanted to recommend for guys listening to porn free radio is, is um, if you're, you know, if you're a Christian guy and you're, you're looking for a tool to kind of plug into what you're already doing um, beyond the battle, just for the devotional guide, I think is worth it. I mean, it's great. There's there's lots of great content in here, but um, but I really like the devotional um, forty. It's a forty day devotional guide. So if you want to if you want to immediately put something into your morning routine, that would be a great tool to use. Um, yeah. So that's cool. So you started with that, and then you were like, "I'm going to write a book <laughs> to support my devotional guide." <laughs> well, no, I I wrote the book in a, as a devotional, kind of like I'm going to oh. write this section of the book, and then each kind of like a two page, you know, here, read this. Right. And then, and then here's the devotional, but the, the genesis of the book really came out of like, I was preaching and sharing my story and uh, I would preach on porn and guys in my church would ask me for books. And uh, you know, I didn't, at the time, I just didn't have outside of every man's battle. I didn't have a, a, a book to, to recommend to them. And that's really where God prompted me to first start, you know, writing, the writing process. But let me, let me uh, turn it back over to you, Matt, because my listeners on the flip side uh, don't know you and, and don't know porn free radio. So let me kind of back up a little, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your book, porn free and about porn free radio. And then uh, well, I'd love to hear, you know, your habits and, and things that, that, that have really helped you out. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me we're doing <laughs> podcasts i forgot about good. that uh, I, mean, I just want my listeners to know you and, and yeah pick up on your podcast for sure yeah um well let me think uh i uh i mean i struggle with porn my whole life i grew up in a christian home um but i discovered it really early um there was some 
needs in my life that were unmet and some 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 trauma and some pain that I had and porn kind of wedged itself in at a very crucial critical time in my life and um and I never felt good about it I never felt like this was this aligned with my faith or it, it, it didn't really match but I I I just had these needs that were unmet and and it just fueled the pursuit of it and for many years I just assumed um I was just very undisciplined or just br something was broken about me fundamentally. Um, I also, um, um, I, 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 I really was like kind of bewildered by my behavior. Like I just, I didn't understand why it was compulsive and why I lied about it and, what, and hit it. And, and it wasn't until early in my marriage that my wife caught me a couple years in the marriage. I was, I wrote this in the book. Uh, you might find this funny since you're kind of a church, you've come up in the churches. Um, my church hosted a huge conference with like Matt Redman. Uh, and the church conference was on Friday night and all day Saturday. And everyone, like, it was like amazing. Everyone loved it. Matt, Matt Redman, this great worship leader, was leading and his pastor was preaching and it was like these British guys and everything was cool. And I come home, my wife wasn't feeling well, she went to bed and I went to my office and started looking at porn. It was like, we were just at the mountaintop at mm -hmm. church and then I come home, I have a moment of free time and my wife's distracted and immediately I run into the office and um, she caught me that night. She, something woke her up and she wasn't, she you know, wanted to see where I was and there I was in the office and she caught me and um, it ended up being a big turning point in my life because this area that I had kind of hidden and tried to manage by myself, you know, I think you, in the book at one point, you talk about sin management. I was kind of mm -hmm. trying to manage it and manage my, uh, th this, this thing that I didn't understand why I was doing it. Um, all of a sudden that secret came out that night and my wife is a very strong uh, believer and a really strong person and she just said you know listen i i don't i know this isn't about me whatever this is but you need help and she was yeah she's the kind of person who's not gonna go you know ten, you know a couple of weeks from now she's not gonna forget that she wants to see me take some action or ownership and so uh, i ended up going to a a, a recovery group um, led by an anglican priest of all people and um, that just started opening me up to just my greater needs. And it started mm -hmm. helping, giving me mm -hmm. more of a map of what was going on in my heart. Um, and I started putting some, you know, I started putting some clues together uh, with porn. But, but this is actually in the, uh, this is like 2000s, early 2000s. And so um, I don't know if that, that Every Man's Battle book, book was out yet. It might have been. It might have been out somewhere around there. But um, I, I really felt alone, though. I didn't know a lot of other guys struggling with porn. I remember being at church talking about internet porn, and, and I remember a guy saying, wait, how do you get porn on your computer? Like Because <laughs> back then, yeah, people thought of computers as like, you know, sending like an email with CompuServe or, you know, reading news like on aol.com so mm -hmm. the idea of me getting porn was really foreign to people 
Um, so I felt really isolated, even early in recovery, trying to explain how I got addicted and mm. that there's porn on the internet. And um, so it, it was it was kind of a challenge. But I got some health. I started a group uh, in my church and started running it. And what was interesting is the group was about um, Christian identity and health with sexuality and relationships. It's mm -hmm. kind of holistic. It attracted lots of different people, not just people struggling with porn. And um, but as we ran that group from 2003, and I finished, I, the last group I ran was in 2014. More and more people started using porn. Broadband internet came out. Yeah. Uh, people started having smartphones and all of a sudden men and women who had been coming to us for childhood sexual uh, trauma or who had been coming to us, you know, because of gender dysphoria or other challenges that they had in their sexuality. Um, all of a sudden they would also say, and I'm struggling with porn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it, while I was running that group, I was answering more and more questions about porn, and that's when I decided to start Porn Free Radio. I thought, well, let me just create a resource just about porn. And I was thinking selfishly, I could point people in my group to the podcast. It's like, oh, I handled that in episode five. Just listen yeah, yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> um, but what happened was, as I started doing the podcast, it attracted its own audience of, of guys around the world. Um, and... Um, and so the podcast at some point took over uh, even what I was doing in my local church. And, and um, fast forward to the book, you know, for five or six years, I would point people to the podcast, but people still were like, well, is there a book or yeah, can, I, can yeah. I give something to a friend or I don't listen to podcasts? My wife would say that, hey, not everyone listens to podcasts, Matt. So uh, <laughs> finally, I you know took a, a number of years to kind of put the book together, and the the book is kind of a, an entry book for someone who has realized that they don't want porn in their life for whatever reason. They could be spiritually motivated. They could be um, they just you know don't like the habit of porn. They don't like the the content of porn or whatever it is. Whatever the reason is. This is a book to kind of help them start to create habits to eliminate it from their life. So it's it's called Porn Free Becoming the Type of Man Who Does Not Look at Porn. And it's this idea of like, what it, what's the type of, how is a guy, what does he do in his life if he's not looking at yeah. porn? What's, what's his life look like? Um, and so it's kind of, you know, so it's kind of like a little summary of some of the stuff that we talk about in the podcast. And, and uh, it's, a, it's sort of a starting point for people. Have you ever heard of, I saw this uh, with Coven and I, I worked for them for just a short period and there was this, uh, oh, I'm, I'm starting to think of it off the top of my head. So I'm going to butcher it, but there's a, a study with rats and there it's called like rat, um, ah, like rat village or something. But there was uh, two rats that these researchers got addicted to some kind of, some kind of narcotic drug and, you know, they put it in their little little thing that they drink from. And so they both got addicted and then um, they put one of the rats into a, like a, basically a village with other rats and all kinds of fun rat things to do. <laughs> this is true. This is like, and they had the drug there too. 
ad as well as like next to regular water or whatever. And that rat, uh, he got off the drug because he, you know, he was in community and all those, like all the stuff to do. And then the one that was in isolation, um, stayed on the drug. Right. And anyway, it's kind of silly cause it's rats, but it, there's a lot of truth there. Right. I feel like what I'm hearing you talk about with habits and helping guys understand like these, uh, these needs that we have. And I think about our culture today and I'm, I'm not saying like all video games are, are bad and evil and sinful, but we look at how our culture is conditioned us to isolate ourselves with television, streaming, uh, internet, video games. I mean, you, you literally don't have to, you, you can you never have to go outside of your little, your little space and find true community and true, you know, healthy habits. And it's no wonder, you know, that we, if you want to get out of porn, you can't. Yeah. I mean, I was like that rat, you know, <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. um, um, the, um, I, 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 you know, I just read this great quote, boy, I wish I had it in front of me. That would be, it would be really great to, to read it. Um, <laughs> uh, it was like a Nathaniel Hawthorne quote, uh, from the Scarlet Letter. And he says something like, and I'm butchering it cause I don't have it in front of me, but he, he says something like, um, um, you know, at some point, if a guy uh, is showing uh, is 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 one way with himself, and then showing the multitude another version of himself, at mm. some point he starts to 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 not know what's true anymore. And and I think one of the things that's that's really challenging about the isolation of porn use is we create this perfect world where where we like to meet our needs in a certain way and we, we isolate and we withdraw into it. Uh, and at the same time, we're still presenting that nice guy image or that other sort of outward face. And there becomes this point where we start to lose what's true. Am mm -hmm. I this guy mm -hmm. who withdraws in my office and is, is prone to power fantasies with porn and, is just you know clicking and 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 getting you know more and more like a werewolf obsessed uh, with kind of devouring all this content, or am I that guy that I show people at church, and that is kind of like this nice guy and you know that type of thing? And I think we just lose it. So I I think there yeah. is something to one of the things that's a benefit of community. I love your vulnerable community brings life. Is is it? being known and and really being known at a core level helps us integrate those two characters like we we mm. start being more the same on the inside as on the outside if i'm honest about what's going on in my thought life if i'm honest about even a a, a small trigger or a some edging that i'm doing if i get clean about that either with my current with my wife or current with a, a guy in my life i'm not holding these two faces, you know, these two identities yeah. at the same time, I'm actually living as one person. Um, and that was a big drive for me. Like I felt the more that I got in recovery, I don't know if this is a habit, but I became much more invested in being integrated. Um, even after confession or even after sort of t talking about uh, an epic failure that I had, yeah. I felt better as a person because I at least, you know, I remember sometimes being like feeling really shameful and then going, at least Janice knows everything. Like I'm not hiding anything. 
Mm -hmm. So even though mm -hmm. I don't feel great about myself, I'm integrated. And when I would start to lie or edge or do some things that were unsound or unskillful, I almost felt like, and I'm drawing, I'm doing this example. I almost felt like, you know, I was pulling apart a little bit. I was starting to disintegrate back into those two characters. Um, so hmm. one of my biggest reasons to continue to, to work hard on being the type of guy who doesn't look at porn is not wanting to go back to living that, that divided life anymore. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, that is so good. And that was, I'd say one of the, I'd say the main thing I added to this new edition of beyond the battle is this idea that when you're in vulnerable community, you can confess those things to your vulnerable community, to your community, and you you receive love back from those people. So so you've confessed this you know shameful thing that you've done, but instead of experiencing shame from that, you you experience that you're actually loved, and and you start to then internalize. I I'm actually loved. I'm truly loved. And, and so I, I, as a Christian, I believe I'm loved by Jesus in this very pure, amazing way that I don't deserve. But now I have human beings who are embodying that love to me. They're looking at me in the eyes, you know, they're maybe, maybe they're, they're hugging me or they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're touching my shoulder and I, I can, I can feel and experience love in real time. And that starts to actually change my brain of what, of what I believe about myself. You talk about that in being that integrated person. It's uh, oh man, that's such that that's, that's, that's the, the beginning of the path of freedom when you can be that integrated person. And I, I think what you're experiencing is love you're experiencing and I'm loved. So maybe I don't have to go look at porn to feel like I'm loved because maybe I already am. And so that's a pretty cool part of the process. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add on to that. Um, I was listening to an interview with uh, Brene Brown, fellow podcaster, although she's her podcast is on hold right now. Uh, um, but she said something interesting. She said, you know, we all want empathy and, and the way she defined empathy was being known and understood but the, but the way that you get empathy is by giving empathy, mm. by seeking to know and understand one another. And this is one of the powerful things about community is you're not just showing up to get something, right? One of the most powerful exchanges in, in community, especially in a recovery group, is actually giving, mm -hmm. right? Even the guy who's new to recovery, just a, you know, whatever, he's had a week of sobriety or something, can actually serve someone else. He can make a call, he can ask how someone's doing, he can lean in, and that's actually empowering. And, and by giving empathy, he starts to experience empathy. And that's the case with a lot of stuff in recovery is as we sort of identify a need, whether it's connection or whether it's uh, empathy, or whether it's love or care, a lot of times as we lean into that, as we start to serve others, we experience, we get that back. That is so true. And it creates a culture. I think it creates a culture of empathy then, because you, 
you, you know, and, and honestly, you don't find that in the local church. I, I used to think I could send my beyond the battle guys to their churches and say, Hey, start one of these groups, like take your men's group and turn it into this. And there's such a culture embedded in, in, I would say most churches already of this just surface level, uh, surface level, let's not talk about the real issues. And there's probably a lot of shame, you know, behind that. And, and that's why I encourage people to lead with vulnerability because we have to start changing these cultures into cultures of empathy, into cultures of vulnerability, because that's, that's not the norm. And it's, it's not the norm in most churches and it should be uh, if we believe in grace. Um, and, and that's uh yeah, that's something that surprised me was guys coming back and saying, yeah, I've tried getting a group started in my church and nope, nobody's interested. Or I tried talking about this in my men's group and everybody looked at me like I was a big weirdo, you know, and it's like that that's out there. Yeah. I mean, I run groups, uh, my, my rev groups and, um, there's, um, there's guys coming from the church and from outside of the church, frankly. I mean, if, if you think the church is a hard place to find empathy mm. and people who really care and are vulnerable, well, try, you know, <laughs> try not being a member of a, of a congregation yeah. or not being a part of a, a, a men's group that, that at least on paper is committed to vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So, so I think a, it's a, it's a challenge with men. Where do men go to find empathy? Where do men go to, to actually feel genuinely connected? Um, I read an article, maybe this is about six or seven years ago about the, um, it, like it was, it was basically the epidemic of the lonely American male, the older American men get, the more isolated they get. Mm-hmm. And while while women are intentional and sort of keep some relationships, men easily can drift into depending on their partner for connection and just kind of letting go of meaningful relationships. Um, that's in America. And I and I work with guys in, outside of America. It seems to be the, the same everywhere. Guys are struggling for connection um, and so if, if connection is part of getting free of pornography, it also, it's, it seems like that also is a, is a need that's unmet in guys' lives. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, and, and, and it's, it's interesting at the international side of it as well. Cause I, 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 uh, I think I always think it's sort of a uniquely Western individualized U S you know, problem, but as, frankly, smartphones and computers and, you know, this kind of way of living spreads everywhere. There, there, there really is this mindset that I can, I can do it, you know, I can do it by myself. And we, we're, we are just created, we're created for community. And I think we have to even look at our communities. Like I said, with the local church and say, is my community that type of community? And if not, I, I think it's up to, it is up to me to make sure I have that. I, I, I hear a lot of guys who kind of give up because they go, well, I tried it, tried it. My church didn't work. So I guess, I guess that's it. And I just think, no, it's too important. I, I mean, that's why we have our alumni group. So I can say, you don't have an excuse. You can at least join our alumni group. It's free. You know, you can, you, you know, you've got your groups. It's like, I want to give accessibility to guys because I don't think we can just give up and say, well, I tried it. It didn't work. So I guess, I guess I'm on my own. We, we need to be more tenacious than that. Uh, we need to create it. 
we need to initiate it. We need to, I'd say, think about who, who's your best friend. Who, who's the person you think you could have these conversations with? Ask them to go out to lunch with you, call them up on the phone and just say, here's my story. I, I need somebody I can talk to regularly about this and, and, and see if, if you can set up something, set it up as a rhythm, set it up regularly. Don't, don't, th- don't just think you're going to do it when you need it. Cause then you'll never do it. Uh, set up something regularly, weekly, maybe it's a text message uh, or something. And if, you, you have to be tenacious about, about creating this uh, in your life, because especially for those guys like us who have a history of porn use, your, your brain is going to go back to what it knows uh, if you're not fulfilling these needs in, in healthy ways. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest skills that you can learn in recovery is the, the skill of, of taking your needs seriously and being intentional about getting them met. You know, if you're sitting by the phone waiting for someone to initiate with you, it's not going to happen The when guys initiate with you, it's it's as you initiated it was funny i just saw this this week happen i'm I'm going to a basketball game tonight with a guy and uh so i initiated six weeks ago hey do you want to go to this game i got tickets blah 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 and you know kind of that ongoing text and stuff and randomly this weekend he uh, and his wife were having some people over and he goes hey do you guys want to come over on saturday night and I, and I, I, it could have been coincidence, but I, I kid you not. I think if I'm not being intentional over the last six weeks, I don't come to mind when he thinks yeah. about getting together with people. Because I've seen this play out over and over. As I'm intentional with people, all of a sudden I'm getting invites. I'm getting, getting little overtures. Hey, do you want to get together for coffee or lunch? And I work alone. I'm, I work at home. So it's it's super easy for me to get isolated and get off people's radar because mm-hmm. I'm in my office, you know, all day long by myself. Um, so I've seen that in my own life as I'm intentional, as I take care of my needs, like my need for connection, connection comes back to me. Um, hey, I wanted to, to, we're getting late in our, our podcast time and I know you got a, you got something later today that you got to get to. I wanted to ask you a kind of a, a, a final question. In uh, Jay Stringer's book, Unwanted, you know, he kind of ends the book by saying, you know, freedom is great, but what's your freedom for? Like, mm. um, you know, like, like, and I think a lot of, and especially in church, uh, a lot of the thought of getting beyond the battle or getting porn free is, well, just get this out of your life and then yeah. you're fine. But, but, I, I probably, and I'm sure you agree with this, we need a bigger vision for what is our freedom for. Why are, what's, mm. What are we really going moving towards? Um, so I was just curious, in your life, right now, 2022, what are you looking forward to? What are you moving to? What's your freedom for? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, uh, I know your audience isn't all, you know, Christian, and uh, but so forgive me in a sense, I, I have to sort of answer, answer this. Um, in, as I, as I've put together this in my head as a pastor and I've helped myself and guys, you know, break free from porn. Uh, I I've begun to see the idea of discipleship. So following Jesus, um, 
where porn is like a hole in the boat. And, you know, if the, if the hole is there and there's, you could use this metaphor in other ways, I think too, but um, if the hole is there, the boat's just going to keep filling up with water and the boat's not going to go anywhere. The boat's not going to do what it was designed uh, to do. And so a, a lot of uh, the church, my church background, uh, you know, we'll talk about if porn is talked about, which is rare, uh, but it, it, it'll be talked about, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And let's say you, let's say you get rid of that. You get rid of that habit and, and you've, you've fixed the hole in the boat. Um, great. The boat still is meant to go somewhere. And so, uh, so for me, something I've been talking about on the flip side, uh, as of just yesterday, I've been doing these little five minute flips, um, when I can and posting these little kind of mini episodes. And I was talking about the kingdom of God and, and about how, how, how Jesus, uh, you know, Christians today were often just so fixated on getting to heaven. And meanwhile, Jesus in the book of Matthew, he talked over and over again, about how the kingdom of heaven is an eternal place, but we as Christians are meant to bring it here as well. And so think about in the Lord's prayer, he says, you should pray that the the way things are done in heaven, God's will in heaven would be done here. And to me, that's, that's my exciting mission for as many years as I have on this earth. The next, hopefully I'll get it 50 years and I want to help bring the way things happen in heaven. So God's will in heaven, there's no poverty, there's no racism, uh, there's no, there's no unforgiveness, there's no, there's no hunger. And, and he says, bring that here, bring that to Grand Rapids, Michigan, bring that to Chicago, Illinois. That's exciting to me. And, and it's bringing that yes to my family, my wife, my children, but to my city, to my neighborhood, uh, being a, an agent of reconciliation of God's reconciliation of, uh, systemic sins that, that plague our society. So, so, so to me, it's this big picture. I'm a part of bringing heaven here. And if I'm looking at porn, that's a hole in the boat. The boat's not going to get to where, where it's intended to be. But I just think, yeah, we, we can't just say, okay, you're done with porn now. Great. Leave the boat in the Harbor, um, and let it rot for the next 50 years. And so maybe for listeners, the metaphor is different for you on where that boat is headed. Uh, but I think that metaphor works well in that a hole in the boat is bad, but once you get the hole fixed, let's get this boat going. Let's get some wind in the sails. Let's start paddling these oars and, and let's get to a destination because that's life. Life is, is meant to be, uh, have purpose to it. And, uh, for me there, there yeah, there's incredible purpose in saying, Hey, I, Matt, I think this podcast is helping bring a little piece of heaven to people's lives that are listening to it. And, and that's what I want to be about for the next 50 years. Oh, I love it. And, um, one of the things that I think is, is even that I can even see in your work and I haven't been to your church plan. I know you just guys just started in January. Um, one of the things I see in your work is a lot of creativity. And, um, and I think that really is a, um, uh, a sign outward creativity is a sign that that the hole in the boat is 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 plugged um, because when we're when the water's filling up in the boat the last thing we're doing is being creative and, yeah and having the energy to to actually 
even do podcasts or to do um, art or to do music or to to preach. I mean, all those things re- require so much. Or write books, for example. Yeah, <laughs> all those things require so much. Um, and so, if we have a, a leaky boat or if we're filling up with water, we we, we don't have the capacity to show up like that. Um, but when we are getting our needs met, and when the boat is kind of uh, has integrity, you know that word integrity that Christians use all the time. You know, it really means intact. Like a boat's, the hull of a boat has integrity, meaning there's yeah. no cracks. Yeah. Um. Um. And and uh, another metaphor I love is the, uh, you know, it's in it has integrity under the water, <laughs> meaning the parts you can't see are still mm-hmm. there aren't holes in. Um. So. Uh, when that happens, then yeah, it gives us this greater vision for what do I want to see happen here? Um, and it could be in your family, it could be in your marriage, it could be in your business, it could be in your ministry, it could be in your own creativity and pursuit of passion, harmonious passions, things that actually give to your life and actually, you know, it could be in serving others. There's all sorts of things that we could be called to as we you know, when we have the, the boat hole, uh, plugged in. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. And to be that integrity, that person integrated person that you said is such a better feeling than living that double life. That is just no fun. <laughs> Nobody wants to live the double life. It's, it's brutal. Well, let's pack it in. Let's pack it in. Let's pack it in. The I'm podca- a cat podcast multiverse. I'm going to, I'm going to, we started with your theme. I'm going to end with my theme. How about that? Let's do it. All right. Boom. Porn free radio. Gentlemen, you're listening to me right now. You and I are together. I'm there. I'm in your headphones. I'm in your stereo, your Bluetooth, whatever. We're there together. You know, I'm on the treadmill with you or wherever you are at right now. That's the best part about a podcast. There's a community aspect to it. I'm going to break that down. All right, I'm not going to rap for you today. Don't worry. But I'm amped up. Here's another way to look at it. Man, I love the hook on that song. That's good. What up? motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn and just even if you and i are in this conversation right now i'm talking you're listening to me we're together i'm saying dude come on man i want you to feel good enough i want you to feel loved at your core i want more for you loved and hey your life doesn't have to be defined by your porn addiction gentlemen we're not alone in this welcome back to the flip side friends flip upon am i future flip upon am i 
Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that conversation between Matt and I. Again, check out Matt's podcast, Porn Free Radio. Subscribe and check out his book, Porn Free, Becoming the Type of Man Who Does Not Look at Porn. Good. That's a good type of man to be. Also, a reminder from the intro to subscribe to the flip side so that you can partake in all of the five-minute flips and if you haven't already, be sure to go back and listen to those. Uh, listen to them in order, and you'll get about 30 minutes of content or so. Uh, so uh, without further ado, a, li- a little more further ado, we, we are transitioning the show into that fateful time, that, that fateful time called Noah's Ramp. And here's, here's the thing about Noah's Ramp. I think a lot of you... You know, you you listen, and the, that this is the the warning the warning bell. The warning bell is is all serious conversation is over, and I, I want you to know I genuinely struggle with the concept of Noah's Rant. I realize that um, most serious podcasts don't end with something super goofy, an attempt at stand up comedy, if you will. Uh, nor at my church services do we do we have worship music and preach a very sort of powerful convicting message and then end with 10 minutes <laughs> of just utter ridiculousness but uh, I get feedback from you and there are you know three or four or five of you that like Noah's rant and who tell me that you laugh and that it reminds you that you don't have to be serious all the time as a Christian and that it's good to hear a pastor not being serious all the time as a Christian. So uh, if you think Noah's rant is is foolish, uh, I would ask that you not unsubscribe. You could just not listen to it. That's why we play the alarm warning and, and we and we we give you a chance to stop listening. But just to blame, blame those three or four or five people that like Noah's rant because they're the ones. It's their fault. They're the reason I keep doing it uh, over and over again because they they enjoy it. And so, you know, it's not my fault. Not my fault. So uh, without further ado, it is the one. It is the only. You won't find this anywhere else on the interwebs. Noah's Rant. Noah's Rant. All right. So today for the rant, you know, it's good news. It's good. Sometimes the rant gets, we just get ranty. The blood pressure starts flowing and you might be, driving and next thing you know you're 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 screaming you know your your fist is to the sky resist you know you know you you really get caught up in in those rant and, and I and we need that we need that but there's times we need to just chill out a little bit too this isn't really going to be a rant rant it's going to be more of just a discussion more of just a more just an observation so so uh last saturday I went I went bowling bowling baby bowling I have not been bowling in a while. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a few years. I, I remember my church in Lansing, we did uh, sort of a, a get-together, you know, bowling night. It was pretty cool, pretty fun. It's probably been four, five, six years since I've been bowling. And, and actually, it's cool. I bowled with some Beyond the Battle guys. So shout out, Noah's Rant, shout out to the beyondthebattle.net alumni and uh, sales pitch. Uh, as you heard from Matt and I's conversation, join a stinking uh, beyondthebattle.net group. Go to beyondthebattle.net. We have scholarships. You can pay whatever you can pay. 
and get in a group for seven weeks, go through Beyond the Battle with a group of guys, with a leader, with me, and then jump into our alumni group. And we're building some great friendships in our alumni group. And some of us live in Michigan and live close to each other, and we're starting to hang out, which is really fun. So uh, we, we, we met up for bowling uh, midway with some guys because why not go bowling? What else can you do? So let me just start by shout out. Shout out to bowling. And shoot for, I mean, Matt and I just talked about developing habits and having community. Bowling, uh, what a great thing to do to get together. I mean, where, when at, where, where else can you get together with friends indoors in the middle of the frigid winters of Michigan or wherever you may live and, and take a, a, a heavy sphere with holes in it? And, and, and walk up to an, uh, an oily, uh, you know, an oily long piece of wood, throw that sucker as hard as you can at 10, you know, little uh, stand-up pin things, knock them all down, and get real excited about it. Give some high fives to your friends and wait to do it again. Uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. So here's the thing. I haven't been bowling in a long time, and it was so you know, I'm just going to observe and talk about bowling, and I, I, this is going to be very offensive. So, if you're a bowler, if you're in a bowling league, I'm serious. You probably just want to, you probably want to just, just click off uh, the podcast right now, and we'll see you next time. I don't. I just, I'm just talking about. <laughs> I'm just going to get myself in trouble here. I'm just telling you in advance. So I'm bowling, and I'm walking to bowling, and you're like, "Whoa, yeah, baby! I forgot. I forgot about bowling culture. Bowling it has its own culture." And you, you walk in there and you're like, yo, like th- there's hardcore bowlers here. I mean, I'm talking about people with bags. People's got bags on wheels. I, I remember you could have your own bowling ball and like that's, <laughs> that's cool and all. You know, I mean, when you go golfing, everybody has their own golf bag. Nobody's renting golf clubs from the pro shop. Nobody's renting golf shoes from the pro shop. It's like, yo, you got your own stuff. So respect, respect to bowlers that want their own stuff. You, but you should just be a little bag with a ball in it. Your shoes, you, no, these people are wheeling in. They got wheels, like suitcases full of bowling stuff, stacks of bowling, multiple balls in one thing that they're that they're wheeling. Shout out to our friend Dave, who's in our group. Oh, Dave is great. He is so hilarious to watch bowl. He's got a rosin bag. It's got his name on it. <laughs> he, he, he had a screwdriver. And in between shots, you know, you'd be sitting there. We were all talking. And he's got his screwdriver in the holes of his ball. And he keeps making these little adjustments. And I'm thinking, what on earth is he doing <laughs> to that bowling ball with a screwdriver? So he'd go up to bowl and he had this little green uh, towel, right? And he's like using it to wipe his hands off and wipe his ball. And then the air, you know, that air flows out of where the ball shoot is. And he's got his hand on there, man. And he's got this thing down. You know, he's going as a little shimmy, his little hip shake, and his booty goes one way and his leg goes the other. And his hand goes up and he is spinning that sucker. Like the pros, things spin, 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 and he's good. He had, I think, six strikes in a row at one time. And so just mad respect for hardcore bowlers like Dave. But it was just, I just made fun of him the whole time while he was up there to the other guys. And what I observed about bowlers is, you know, I mean, 
it's kind of people that probably they're, they're probably not and I hey I'm you know if I tried out for the Detroit Pistons I, I'd probably get cut if I tried out for the Detroit Lions I, I probably wouldn't make the team and I get I get that feeling about most folks at the bowling alley <laughs> you know and you know it's like but they're but when when it comes to the bowling, they're really competitive, and they're good at it too. And you just kind of go, "This is fun. This is cool." You got you got some some bowling. I'm telling you, I'm being. <laughs> there's all these little lines on the scoreboard, little 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 taglines about bowling that would that would come up. Or bowling, it would say, "Bowling is the fastest growing, you know, high school varsity sport." And uh, I'm not really sure. I think bowling is a really good activity. It is a fun activity. Um, I know it's in colleges and mad props to good bowlers. I'm not sure it's a sport. I'm not sure. So, honestly, I know Noah's rant is a – it's polarizing, right? I mean, we take on culturally – hot button issues at Noah's rant. Like, is bowling a sport or not? I'm I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure it's not. And I, I would be happy to hear the uh, opposing uh viewpoint on that. But we're bowling and one of the things that would come up on the screen it would say you burn a hundred calories during a game of bowling. Kind of like, yeah, that's right, man. We're exercising. We're bowling. Well, I'm burning 100 calories doing this. And first of all, 100 calories, that's, that's not very many. Um, I think you might burn that many maybe brushing your teeth. I'm not I, I'm not sure. But uh, I think if a pack of M&Ms has 250 calories in it or something. So anyway, my point is, so you, but yeah, great. You're burning 100 calories. But then you look at the menu at the bowling alley. Literally, there's a there's there the menu is in categories. One of the categories was was called fried, and everything under you get was fried. Another category was called bread. It was called I think it was called on bread, <laughs> something like that. Uh, the next category was called nachos, and you know we're at a bowling alley, and so people are eating pizza and nachos and everything fried and pitchers of beer. But you're burning a hundred calories. Per game, it's okay that you're consuming three thousand, but you are burning a hundred. So just hey, you know, hey man, keep rocking on. You just keep going, keep keep rocking on, and it is. Uh, so uh, I probably need to stop there on my my observations about bowling. It's it was a genuine fun time. Be, we <laughs> we're gonna start a Beyond the Battle Bowling Club Bowling League. I I I really. I, as far as hobbies, things you can do with your friends, uh, w- you know, good time. I just, I really laughed. <laughs> I really laughed at certain things when it's not your culture, right? Uh, when when it comes to a subculture, and people just take it so serious. You're not supposed to bowl next to the person that's next to you, and I hate that too. I, I, it gets in my head, so I wait, and I'm waiting for the guy next to me, and he's like, no, no, no. I, I'm, I got go ahead, go ahead. I got to get set. I'm not set yet. I'm going, yo, that's serious. I don't know what you're talking about getting set. And he's literally 
like shimmying his little foot into the ground and his little butt is going one way and his his hips going the other and his belly and his his elbow and he's he's get, he's he's legit getting set for for this shot and uh i i, I don't think he I, I watched his shot he wasn't he wasn't very good but but he he was really serious about is bowling and i love that i love subcultures in that way and uh man shout out shout out to the to the bowling subculture uh beyond the battle we're looking for a, a bowling uh um endorsement for the show for the show so that's it you know a little a little bit different of a noah's rant today i, I hope it made you smile i hope next time i hope next time you're in a bowling alley you uh you <laughs> You, you, you know, you can you can remember Noah's rant. For those of you that are new to to listening, um, hope you enjoyed Noah's rant. And and it's it's a it's a sad attempt at comedy. Uh, usually we rant about something wrong with the world. We make the world a better place. Today we just celebrated. We just celebrated bowling. We celebrated bowling culture. Uh, made fun of Dave a little bit and all of his gyrations. Uh, really, said rant about Dave's gyrations today. That's that's really that's, and we made the world a better place. We made the world a better place. I believe that. So, uh, beyond is the promo code CovenantEyes.com. Check it out, and I will see you next time on the flip side. The flip side with Noah Filipiak is a South Francis Press production. Copyright Noah Filipiak. www.noahfilipiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. Use with permission. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. Yow, yow, dripping in that gold that don't perish. People selling fake, see the green and run their belly. Taking refuge in his hand, see his poems, my living quarters. Close them when I'm finished, it's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory, cause you're in or you're out. When you see him in the clouds, then you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Pulpit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Then I hope you see him clearly. Raise him, raise him, raise him. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long.